Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. Joining me tonight, we have a full house. We have Jacob. We have Earl. Guys, we've got a lot of United news to get to this week. It's been a while since we've had this much news. Um, but before we do get into that, we are, of course, going to talk about the win over the weekend over Charleston Battery by a final score of 2-0. We're going to preview the Phoenix Rising match this weekend. And then, um, uh, and so we've got some other, a lot of news and notes to get through this week. But before we do that, I do want to remind everyone that we are still in the middle of Mental, Aaron, mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, I do want to ask you guys, before before we get to our burning question, you know, with the discussion we had a couple weeks ago on, on mental health awareness and, and, and the, the feeler we put out to, to everyone saying, Hey, if you need something, reach out to us, we'll do what we can to help you. What have you guys been doing for yourselves in terms of working on your own mental health? Um, and just kind of like trying to put yourself in a better headspace. Do you want my real answer? Or do you want my, my fake answer? Whatever, man. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with my fake answer first. And that's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Okay. My real answer is everything that I've been doing before, just playing a lot of video games and working on cars. Working on cars, all right. That yeah, that'll okay. that'll that, test your mental strengths right there. That does that does negative things to my mental health for sure. <laughs> that it just it just tests my mental patience. And if I can fix that, I know I can fix any of my other problems. Jacob, what about you? What have, what have you kind of done this month to, to help yourself? Uh, I went to the beach for five days. <laughs> That'll help your mental health for sure. Um, and then I'm not working right now, so I have a lot of time. I don't know if that's helping or hurting, though. <laughs> I, I am. I think I'm a, I'm a nightmare when I'm not working because I, I just get antsy. Like this morning, I was like freaking out. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting to get this to start this new job and we're waiting to get a hundred percent clearance that we're going to get a house, um, as part of this job. And so in order to do that, or before we can move in, we're going to paint the house, clean the house, and then we have to move stuff in. Well, all of that stuff still needs to be done, but I don't have clearance to go do it. So I literally have nothing to do outside of the house and I don't operate well that way. So hopefully the job will come soon and then that'll, that'll help my mental health. Yeah. We are the new car talk, Harry. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hopefully we can fill those guys shoes to some extent. I can tell you how to change the oil on your car. Uh, and that's about it. Change a tire, you know, I, can I got you, you, Harry. I got you, Harry. Any, any mechanical question? I got you. <laughs> Earl is but, always working on a car. I can vouch for that. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, Jacob, you've got, you've got some significant changes coming up, new job, potentially a new home. And you've got, uh, you just came back from vacation, you know, I mean, all those things, you know, like you said, you know, being at the beach for a few days, kind of getting away from stuff and just kind of enjoying it. Uh, you know, so I saw, like I mentioned before the, before we got on, I saw some of your pictures over on Facebook and looked like you guys were having, having a pretty good time out with the kids and, we did. And so that's uh, see, that's definitely a, a good thing mentally, you know. I did see your pictures too on Facebook and I almost commented. Um but I, I didn't want to ruin I, I didn't want to ruin decent family photos. I, <laughs> I did have a conversation with a San Diego loyal fan. 
which was cool. We were at the zoo. I was rocking the Meow Wolf kit. Um, he said, hey, a New Mexico jersey. And then he said, you guys don't like us to let it take three points from you, huh? And I was like, well, no, of course not. I wanted three points. I didn't, I didn't want you to have it. And then uh, then we talked, and we were like, yeah, it's a, your fans are great. I was like, yeah, you, your guys' fans seem great, too, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I wish more fans were like that. And I was like, yeah, I know, like Phoenix. I wish Phoenix was like that. And he's, he stops me, and he goes, in, the, in my head, it sounded like we don't talk about Bruno because that's been playing in this house for – three months now but he said we don't talk about phoenix and and i said no we don't good job yeah and then he drove away on his little cart <laughs> i don't know what the funniest part of that is the fact that he, that he stopped you from talking about phoenix or the fact that he drove away on a little cart uh it's both it's okay both. all right um yeah uh harry over in the chat sorry to hear about lost superfan stone uh from the united nation yeah we were um that's definitely something we're going to touch on this evening. Uh, ahead of the match last week, uh, Stone uh, passed away. I don't know details as far as what happened. I, I think you guys might have been a little bit closer with him than, than I was, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was a big deal uh, around the community. He was uh, he was someone that was always you know front and center at the matches, early to all the all the releases, and he was uh, he was honored ahead of the Charleston Battery match. And so, shout out to Charleston Battery, their, their front yeah. office, their their their, cl- their staff there for putting the putting something up on the video board and having a moment of silence for him. Um, really, really classy thing for for Charleston Battery to do. And so, there's actually an article over on USLChampionship.com about it, and uh, they took some screen grabs of tweets. And you know, there's a number of different folks in there. Well, mine actually got screen grabbed and put in that article. Um, but did you guys know him a little bit better? Um, the gym or your interactions with him. I only met him once. So I, um, I actually was never introduced to him. I knew who he was. Obviously I had, uh, interacted with him on, on Facebook because you interact with everybody on Facebook, especially in those first couple of years. Um, but, but no, I never had the pleasure of, of actually meeting him and getting to know him, but all the people that I do know, um, that knew him, and I respect their opinion greatly uh, said he was a fantastic guy. And it is, it is no doubt a huge loss for the New Mexico United community, even if it doesn't, um, even if it wasn't for us necessarily uh, having not known him that well, I know uh, for instance, uh, Rachel who was a part of um, Somos Negros News and her daughter, Dalen, um, they knew him very well. It tore them up pretty good. And, and so that's all I need to know to be sad is, is if, if people of my family, people in my family are upset by the loss, then I'm upset by the loss. Earl, did you happen to know him or? No, no, not at all. Um, I, he was my friend on Facebook, but then again, everybody's my friend on Facebook. And that was, that was just about it. I mean, I didn't know the guy. I've never met him. Um, I can honestly say I've never personally interacted with him and Harry, if there's a way to take that chat, that comment out of the chat, um, we don't want Seth getting fined an undisclosed amount of money because he's not a super fan. He's a professional. Yeah. He's not a fan <laughs> at all. No, he's not, a soulless robot obviously. when it comes to soccer anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, uh, it went around the nation, uh, last week and obviously the USL, uh, 
off head head office picked up on it. They put out some nice things about about it, and uh, yeah, definitely a loss for the community. And you know, our thoughts and prayers are obviously with his family, and and that they're able to get the support that they need during during this time. You know, it's never easy, you know, losing a loved one. So um, definitely, our, our thoughts and prayers are with them. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, um, it, it was great to see that the. The, the support from Charleston Battery um, and from around the league. I know even like even eighth notch uh, reached out and gave their condolences. Yeah. And so, um, you know, there are, there are some things that just transcend uh, football and the rivalries on the pitch. And, and, you know, this is one of those, you know, um, you know, I, I know that I can, I think I can say for the three of us that if something were to happen and someone that was as well known in their community as stone was in ours, that you know our condolences are, are would be with them as well so um yeah you know uh it, it'll be you know obviously he'll be lost you know, not seeing him at the games but uh you know uh it's unfortunate but the you know the world does have to move on um and so you know uh we we just wanted to, to touch on that and and give uh give him a few a few minutes of our time and as the, you know that's the least that we can do um but, uh, so we'll, you know, moving along, it's really hard to kind of segue out of that. Um, Jacob, you, you told us before you came on, you came in the, in the, in the chat ahead of the show and you said that you had a burning question that you wanted us to answer. And, uh, you actually stole the burning question for, for tonight's show. So why don't you go ahead and deliver it? Um, so that we can get our reactions. Do you have the tweet handy by chance or no? No, no? Okay. I, I, I went to go right. pull it up. Then um, basically I saw a tweet that said after watching USL playoffs and, and MLS playoffs where it's one and done, uh, they officially thought that the NBA specifically, he might've mentioned the NHL, but I think the NBA for sure um, had too many games in the postseason. Uh, I for one disagree, but uh, what are your thoughts on that, Seth? Um. Yeah, for me, it it really made me think about the amount of time that I've spent watching soccer, and, and especially over the past you know ten years or so, and how I watch other sports and how I follow it. Not not just the regular, not just for the playoffs, but the regular season as well. Like I watch far less baseball than I used to. I watch far less NFL than I used to. I was never. I follow the NBA. Never really watched a whole lot of because most of the games are on TNT or wherever, but. I definitely think that the playoff structure, the season structure that you see in soccer, um, no matter what league it is, I feel is, I feel like it does kind of point out a lot of the flaws with some of the other major leagues and how they handle their seasons and their postseasons. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't say you need to do like a one and done, but I think you could change these best of series to like best of five, best of three, something because they're just the seasons already stop. drag on. Stop talking right now. Yeah, stop right now. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop. I can honestly say right now, as a sports fan, there's no greater feeling than, and even if it's not your team. I mean, I was watching the Tampa Bay Lightning and Vancouver freaking Maple Leafs game seven. Who? Toronto None of them Maple are my Leafs? team. Yeah, no, it's not Toronto. Yes, yes it is. Is it Toronto? <laughs> yeah. are, are you talking about? Are you talking about the game tonight? Or are you talking about 
game Last seven week. a few nights ago. Yeah, it was, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs okay, and the Tampa Toronto. Bay Lightning. Okay. Obviously, I don't follow any of those two teams. I will be the first to admit that I'm a Nashville Predators fan. Go Preds, even though they got smoked, spanked yep. in four games. Um, so that's whatever. Um, but there was no greater feeling in the world or no excitement than knowing there's going to be a game seven. But Harry, get out of the chat. Would you, would you not still have that same feeling if no. game five was the, was no. the deciding factor? Like, does no. it have to be game seven? Yes. Yes. Game seven. Why? Because you have six games leading up to that. Like, Okay, so so maybe this is coming from, maybe this is because you're not a basketball or hockey follower necessarily. Um, in those two sports, best of seven. I know, but it, but those those two sports are different nowadays, anyways, because there's there's a sense of feeling a team out, getting to know them, getting under their skin. To where in a game seven, specifically a game seven, after six games of I'll, I'll talk basketball because that's the sport that I follow the most, even though I do it's really enjoy I have, hockey. I have one good basketball game seven moment, and Harry, man, is this one gonna piss you off? Anyways, um, Harry's Harry's not a Spurs fan, by the way. <laughs> but anyways, um. In in basketball, you get all these storylines through the first six games that lead to a game seven that is not just a one-off like in USL or MLS. It's not after five games or three games where you can get some storylines built up in those games, but, but in a seven-game series, game seven in any sport is just there's nothing there's nothing better it, there just isn't so you can get some of that in a game 5 some of it in a game 3 the problem with with these sports isn't the playoff structure for me i'm i'm with you on the regular season and that they are just ridiculously no no there David you Carl. go no, because, yes, there's no difference because no matter what, you're emotionally invested as a fan of your team. It doesn't matter if it's a decisive no, game because, five or decisive game seven. You're still like, emotionally invested. I don't care about the petty nonsense between the players like, and feeling no, each other out. No, it's not petty. Like, it's I not don't petty. care about that. I there's, care about winning the series. It's not petty because it's not just about the little getting under people's skin and stuff. It's about tactics. It's about strategies. It's about stuff like that. And so... You, Seth, cannot talk if you don't watch basketball or hockey and have never been <laughs> invested in a series. And there is, not to mention, there, Earl just said he watched a Game 7 from two teams that he does not care about. If you watch a whole series from beginning to end, even if you do not care about either of the two teams, by Game 7, you will live, on die, live and die on every play. Yeah, you're I'm still I'm still there in Game Five. If I'm if that you're a invested, fan, yes. If I'm that invested in any series, whether I'm a fan or not, if I'm that invested, I'm good with the Game Five being a decider. I'm good with they're not with you don't with not needing a Game Seven. 
that's not the problem. Jacob, can can you mute him? <laughs> I, I can actually. In fact, and me, and me and you will just talk about. Get, oh. In fact, I can just do that. Jesus Christ. Um, so, is there a difference between one game playoff and a five, than a five or seven? So, there it, there's a huge difference in a one game playoff. Like you don't want to decide the world champion, the world series, the NBA championship, the Stanley Cup. You don't want to decide any of that by one game. Like that in itself is is not going to work. Like honestly, I would love to see USL or and even MLS go to like a, a home and a home and home, go to a two legged final. I would love to see that. Um, but I, I just think that you can you can you can take the playoffs. You can make them best of five series. You don't need the best of seven. What does that accomplish, though? <clears throat> it's still it, it's half it, of the series don't go to game seven anyways, and so what does it matter if yes for for soccer that is the right answer. <clears throat> the only argument in favor of the best of seven is more likely to have the better team win, less likely to have flukes. I watch. Basketball and hockey and level of interest-wise, it makes no difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, I just, I I just, I see no need for a game seven. Like, honestly, shorten the NBA season. That way you don't run into all the nonsense that you have with, you know, players sitting because it's a lesser opponent. You don't have players worrying about, you know, back-to-back games and all this kind of nonsense. Put a put a best of five series in there for the playoffs, and you're good. You're going to see more competitive action throughout the regular season. You're going to see a better five-game series. You know, from two teams, like the dominant team is going to, you know, you're not, is going to take care of it in five. You're going to see that happen. No, that, that's that's not true because so my example of the best game seven I've ever watched was the San Antonio Spurs and Miami Heat. Many people know, maybe people don't know that I'm a Miami Heat fan. Um, I do believe David Carl's also a Miami Heat fan. I know Tyler is. <laughs> no one cares about LeBron. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, now that I'm this is not even a LeBron highlight. That's okay. the thing. Because yeah, you have the LeBrons, you have the all the big names. Um, but this one memory Did I miss something? It, was there something on the screen? Did I just completely miss it? What just happened? It was it was just Earl muted, that's it. And then unmuted. Oh, okay. Okay, so David, okay, David is, a, is David is a Heat fan. So David, you probably remember this memory where game seven, the Heat were down by two in like the dying seconds of the game. The ball was passed out to Ray Allen. I hate to break it to three. you, but that wasn't game seven. Yes, that was. No, it was not. Check out my Wikipedia. Let me see. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it wasn't. I am willing to die that it was a game seven. Wow, right Earl, now it was not. Yeah. Earl's looking that up. There you go. Harry says game six. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> so I've slept and drank and been divorced since then. So give me a break. Well, are you breaking news on the pod? What What are you talking about? <laughs> No, I'm still I'm still married to my wife, happily married to my wife um, for the past something years. Um, <laughs> God, I hope she's not listening to this. Real, real quick, it, it doesn't matter if it was game six, seven or six or whatever. Uh, David said yes, but that could have happened in game five. It could have. 
It very well could have. I don't want it to, though. <laughs> yeah, he he's not our fact checker by by any means. No, which is a good thing. <laughs> but see, and that's the thing that like, you can still have the drama. You can still have the excitement. You can have those deciding not game moments in a game. Of, I guarantee you that if the NBA and NHL and even MLB, if you if they went to five game series, they had five game series when they, I watched them. They had them, yes. and they were not as good. If if they went to a five-game series, I guarantee you within two to three years, people aren't, aren't even going to be talking about it anymore. Like, yeah, you're still going to have people well, that's like what happens who, with everything. who remember, who remember right great game seven, who have great game seven stories. Like, I remember the Braves beating the Pirates in the, in the 91 NLCS on, in game seven where Sid slid. I remember old. that. I will never forget God, that. Old. But – if you look at it, the, you can still have those moments. You have those deciding moments, those those dramatic moments in Game Fives. You can. I have seen as, Game as David and, and Harry have said, them. it's about the seen, money. It is it, on their side, yes, but on my side, I don't care about the money. The money doesn't do anything for me, and I still no. would rather a Game Seven than a Game Five. I have watched Game Fives. If, I've watched Game Fives in in five game series. I have. In baseball and in basketball, and they're not the same. I'm telling you right now, they're just not. If that if that was the norm, it would be. You're gonna have the same amount. You're gonna have the same attention, the same excitement as you would in a game seven. You normalize the game five. This and it becomes this the might same. be the dumbest conversation we've ever had, because there's <laughs> no. no way to prove. There's no way to prove if it. No, okay. Let me rephrase that. The dumbest serious conversation. This. <clears throat> I don't I don't know what this means because I'm not a Braves yeah. fan and I don't really care. We were beating the twins through five in ninety-one. Uh -huh. That's what this is about. <laughs> no, no, here's no, no, I, here's, no, here's my take on that comment. Oh okay. I wasn't even born then. No. <laughs> so I don't want to hear it. It's so it, that's what this you're just bitter. <laughs> Oh, I just want the shorter I, series. I hate Kent Herbeck. I hate the ref the umpires in the I don't series. even know that name. Kent, oh my god, 91 World Series. Kent Herbeck picks the Braves player up off of first base after they were after they were signal after they were called safe. Herbeck picks his leg up off the base and the umpire calls him out. You know, Earl was like five years away from being born, and I was yes. only two. There. See, I was exactly only two years born. That was 91. I was born in 93. But no, I yes, I hate getting her back. I, I hate the, the umpires from that from that series. But no, I, I think it I think you apply it to any sport, to, to any of these sports that go with the best of seven. You normalize a game five, game five becomes that dramatic. I think it does. So you don't need that game seven. It's all about Okay, the money. but we're not we're not saying so if you answer, normalize if you normalize anything, it becomes the norm. That's what normalizing means. But we're not so in to that norm. David's question. If the NBA Finals was played in a best of five and it came down to game five, you wouldn't care. Here's the thing, David. I don't um, think that was a question. I think he's saying that if it was game five, you wouldn't care. If it was game five or game seven, there would be no difference if the NBA Finals was the best of five. Mm -hmm. so, exactly. so even even at that comment, even if it's not a question, here's the thing. Um, cool, David. I did see that there would be graduated in '91. My God. <laughs> God, we thought Seth was old. Yeah, Harry's, Harry's got a couple years on me. Not too many, Seth though. Seth was already graduating college at that time. Um, 
So Seth, here's the thing about elimination like, games, whether it was game five, it could be game seven. If it's an elimination game, I'm excited anyways. Um, See, you just proved my point. But, Thank you. But. There are different levels no, of excitement. There's Yeah, there's like, there's an amped level of excitement, and then there's, eh, okay, it's an elimination If you're game. not amped for every game, there's a problem. It shouldn't take a seventh game. If game five is the deciding game, you should be just as amped for a game tell five that deciding to the players. game as you are game seven. Yeah, tell that to the ones making hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you th- really think they Either care? Way. Either way. Exactly. There's there's, there's no way to prove who is right or wrong here. It's never <laughs> going to change because of money, no, like you said. So... I I really just wanted to know between soccer and game seven, not game seven and game five. I don't care about that. Just what playoffs I, are more interesting to you? And to me, basketball and hockey are still better. I want to see two leg playoffs in USL and uh, MLS. So, I want to see so two legs. You're essentially arguing for the same thing, by the way. No. Yes. No. no. Because the longer every the longer other the series, major league, does, the longer uh, the series, the better chances the better team has at coming out on top. And that's yeah, what like you want. Six. That's what you want in an in <laughs> that's what you want in the home and home is for the best team to come out on top and not let one game be a fluke. Yeah, like blues and six. I, I just the, the home and home in soccer works so well. Like you see the you see if, if watching the Champions League this year, like the, just the <clears throat> the amount of like a spectacular play that's happened in these home and home series is just phenomenal. And so I just, I think even if you just do the final, just the USL cup final, do the MLS cup final as a home and home, I think it's, it's, you're in for a fantastic championship. That's where I'm at with it. You don't have to do the whole, if you don't do the whole thing, fine, whatever. But you know, I, I think the home and home is just a fantastic way to do it. So I'm, I'm with you on that a hundred percent. So you don't have to twist my arm there. Yeah. I certainly don't want to see them play seven games. I'm surprised David is like actually out and about right now. Or I mean, he might not be out and about, but being social after, after the last Thursday and then the pack past weekend's events, I thought he might be um, curled up in a ball when he wasn't working. But hey, David, uh, while, you're, while you're at it, throw him pro rel too. <laughs> Now nah, I like playoffs. I don't want that. Yeah, I, you know I don't mind the playoff structure that USL and MLS have. I, I agree with what Harry says. Uh, Eastern Western Conference Championship Finals do the home and home and USL Championship. I think that's I think it's a great idea. Um, and yeah, David, just one table, pro rel. There you go. And then get everyone on board with that. But you, we all know that USS that's not American, David. <laughs> exactly oh man you guys are great tonight we, we love you guys um but yeah we've got we've got so much to get to jacob that was a great question um yeah, I actually obviously had, obviously both of us thought about it yeah i had that i had i saw that tweet this weekend i was like we're going to talk about that um but you know we do have a lot to get to we do have a ton of new mexico united news and notes uh first up came out today nico breton has been called up by the reggae boys um to play in a friendly 
let me make sure I have the information correct, uh, against Catalonia on May 25th. Uh, according to the club, Nico will not miss any time with the club. So congratulations to Nico Brett on the call-up. Hope to see the Reggae Boys do well uh, in their uh, friendly there. Uh, also of note this week, both Chris Weehan and Alex Tabakas are named to the bench for the team of the USL Championship Team of the Week. That is out there as well. Uh, also over on USLChampionship.com, Alex Tabakas is up for goal for save of the week, and Nico Brett is up for goal of the week. If you haven't voted, be sure to go vote early, vote often. Um and get both of those guys nominated. I, I they both honestly, I honestly watched all of them, all of them those win. videos. Nico's uh, there was one of the other goal that I thought might uh, be okay, but we tend to do well in the voting over on yourselfchampionship.com for whatever reason. So vote for Nico, obviously, and then Alex. I thought had the had the best uh, best of two saves that I saw that I, I thought were worthy. So uh, go out vote for them. Uh, David Carl's got a comment here. If we're doing playoffs, do one leg on the playoff rounds and a two leg on the final. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Uh, also over on uslchampionship.com, Daniel Bruce has an article that he has written. Uh, go check that out. I, I, I've given that a read through a couple times. And uh, absolutely great read uh, from Brucey. Be sure to go check that out. Talking about how his transition from England over to here. I somehow and, uh, missed this. You I missed that? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. When did it come out? Uh, today. Oh, okay. Came out today. I will go put that over in the chat for you. Thank you. Uh, say Thank it. You. Say it, Harry. Say it, yeah, Harry. You can't, you can't <laughs> make a comment and then and then and then be a Jerry and then just back off. Don't worry, Harry. You, you won't get banned from this. Um, and then over the past couple of days, New Mexico United has been announcing the U23 roster. Uh, so joining the U23s so far, we have two midfielders, Josh Barros and uh, Michael Madrid, uh, both of whom w- went through the academy. Uh, Josh Barros currently plays for University of Tulsa, and Michael Madrid plays for La Cueva. Uh, goalkeepers Nate Slota, Evan Kowalski, and Anthony Munoz are, have all been signed. Anthony's currently with GCU. He is a La Cueva grad. Uh, Nate Sloda went through the academy. He's currently at Rose College. Evan Kowalski obviously uh, went through the academy, still playing, and is there with uh, Volcano Vista. And then we have a defender, Stefan Romero. He's been signed as well. He went through the academy, playing for Albuquerque High. And then forwards, Josiah Henderson, uh, Johnny Barros, both signed as well. Johnny Barros is, of course, with Park University. He came from Valley High School. Uh, Josiah was at Colorado Mesa University, and then they get oh, I missed one. Uh, Larson Rogers, uh, he's at Dixie State, also a Volcano Vista High School graduate. So, so before you before you carry on with this, I need to touch on David's comment about him having no power here. David, don't feel bad because Jacob and I are just guests on the Seth Bidoff show. Oh, no, I have power. Jacob has power. See, watch, wait, he does. <laughs> See power. Okay, so so maybe it's just me that doesn't have any power here, <laughs> and that's um, probably for the best, Earl. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Mesa State out of Grand Junction, Colorado. Hey, there you go. Uh, yeah. So number of signings are nine players have already been signed to the U23s. I imagine there will be more academies. Uh, U23 signings coming in the uh, 
in the upcoming days and weeks le- and week leading up to the kickoff for the U23 season. The U23 is obviously will be playing around the state um, throughout the uh, USL League Two season. So be on the lookout for that. The first match is on the 26th down at Mesa del Sol. They'll be playing around the state uh, throughout their schedule. So uh, look for more signings. All these kids are local. Um, not all of them have gone through the Academy, of course. Uh, six of the nine that have been signed so far have gone through the Academy or are currently playing for the Academy. Hey, there you go, David Carl with it. more signings for the U23s tomorrow. So exciting note. So I'm assuming uh, right around 10 tomorrow morning. Keep an eye out on your social media feeds for, for more. Uh, we'll obviously you know, retweet those, share those across social media, and then we'll update their, their Reddit thread as well with all of the U23 signings. So excited for this. Um, I sent David a text the other night about our media credentials getting us in, and David said that he would take care of us. So, um, uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. I don't. Are you guys planning on making it to any of the U23 matches if you can uh as we have covered i don't know what my schedule is um coming up but uh if as long as i am available i will be at the roswell one on the 28th nice nice that'll be good earl you plan on making any of them no no okay um yes i'll be at mesa del sol for the for the opener um i'm also planning on hopefully being up just kidding if if i can if i can make some time to be there i need to look at the schedule obviously um if i can be there i will but obviously with this new change in work i don't even know what's going on in my life anymore yeah 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 it happens um so yeah, um, Mesa del Sol, May 26th. I'll be out there for, for sure. Um, I'm looking at the Santa Fe, Taos, maybe Roswell. I don't know about Farmington yet. Um, that's a bit of a drive, so we'll have to see about that one. But definitely looking forward to getting out and watching the U23s in action, seeing some of the academy kids actually get out there uh, on the pitch and see what they can do against the the mountain division of the USL league too. So stay tuned. Social media feeds tomorrow. I'm assuming around 10 AM for more U23 signings. Uh, looking forward to it. I mean, we've already seen uh, Evan Evan's name pop up quite a bit over on the social media feeds during the Academy matches. So um, looking forward to seeing what these kids can do. So, uh, all right, guys, moving right along. We did, of course, have a match on Saturday evening out in and, Charleston. And for the first time since March 22nd, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Since March 22nd, we actually get to talk about three points. Yeah. Yeah. It's, March uh, 22nd. Yeah, it, it's been a minute. It's been uh, three months. Uh, no, two months. I apologize. Two yeah. months, uh, almost to the day since United last picked up a win. Uh, well, I was thinking March was the second month for whatever reason and in, in that moment. But yeah, 2-0 victory over Charleston Battery. Uh, United jumped out to a very fast start. Got goals within the opening, uh, within five minutes of the first half, and then the opening 15 seconds of the second half. So a lot of, a lot of things to take away from this match. Um, first and foremost, uh, Earl heading into this, you predicted, I think you said three, one Earl said three, one. I said three nil. I said two. Uh, Jacob wasn't here. We have no idea what he said. I said, uh, <laughs> um, it's yeah, not, it's not written down anywhere. It's not recorded anywhere. I will. We'll, we'll go I back. Uh, all right. So Jacob, what's your prediction for Charleston versus New Mexico United? 
Ah, man, I don't know. With the way we've been playing, you know, I, four nil. I think I have. I think I have some faith. I think I'm gonna go. Ah, nah, I can't go four. We haven't been playing that good. We've been playing about half as good as that. So I think we'll go two nil. Two nil. All right. Perfect. I'll go back and edit that. And put that in the last episode for you. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> um, Wait, should I have changed my shirt? I think I should no, have changed no. my shirt. No, no, okay. you're okay. No, I'll just I'll put the audio in. I'm not gonna worry about the video. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things we're gonna we're gonna time travel to get your prediction in there. But yeah, so Earl, look, going into that, you you predicted three one. Um, what did you see that United did well on Saturday um, to pick up three points out of Charleston? They just showed they're hungry. I mean, they here goes Jacob's laughter. I thought for sure you were gonna say scored. <laughs> That's what I thought you were gonna say. Look, that that was post or pre Jacob vacation, Earl. Um, oh, oh, so we have a different Earl. Okay. So had you had you listened last week, you would have saw me strictly professional, no sound bites. I actually knew what I was talking about. <laughs> if it wasn't for Seth shaking his head, I would have called bullshit for sure. But I, I'll believe you. You can you can even ask Jerry. I was I was I was. I could go back and listen, with Jerry. To you you should. You should. Earl was. was very professional. It, it was actually uh, one of his one of the highlights of Earl's career. Was he wearing no. one of his work sh- work suits? No, no, it was not. Actually, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I was wearing. <laughs> Nothing. Um, probably. I mean, I was wearing something because I was on camera, so I was wearing something. Um. Anyways, anyways. Um. So really, what they did better was they attacked and they showed they were hungry. I. It was something we hadn't seen in forever where they would actually just play back and play down to the opponent's level. Um, And then it would just bite us in the ass. I mean, we would play in the back more times than not and just let the team come up on us, take the ball away, and do what they wanted with it. Um, This one on Saturday, I mean, I can count maybe three or four times that we had majority in the back. Um, a good majority of the game, a good portion of the game of the match was center field forward. I mean, we didn't really, we didn't really play back much. And then obviously the sarcastic answer was score. I mean, scoring two is nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. United obviously have been on a on a drill. Goal scoring drought for, for quite a little while, um, and so it, yeah, it's definitely good to see them get off of that and pick up uh, two goals in the match. Jacob, going back and watching this, was there anything in particular that you picked out as something that United did well that you have been hoping to see out of them? Uh, I'm. This is the way you phrase that question. I have to answer with finish. Um, we we saw. A fantastic touch by Nico to pop that ball up, and then a fantastic volley right there uh, to score that first goal. And then, um, and then Weehan uh, is alive and contributing, and and gets a goal that I to this day still don't know how it went in, but it went in, it and it counts, and and that's what we need. I don't care how they go in. You tweeted it uh, twice over the weekend. Um, it doesn't matter how pretty they are, as long as they get over the line. I don't care. Uh, Nico's was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Wehan's, I don't care. It, it it got over. 
and and we got that second goal. Um, <clears throat> I think that other than that, you can put that game up to probably four of our last games, four of our last six or however many that, that I'm thinking of. And that's literally the only difference I saw was finishing. Um, and that goes on both sides. They, we had a couple matches where teams just found a way to finish in sloppy play and get that one goal that they needed to beat us or to draw us. And then we just couldn't do that in another game. So, so that was the difference was the two teams finishing. And I, I think it was, I don't even know if it was one of our best performances, but what it was, was the exact blueprint that we can build off of. We controlled the midfield very well. We, allowed a couple chances but our keeper was able to make a save of the week type save which you've already talked about and that was basically all he had to do i don't do you know how many saves he was credited with because i know it three it it couldn't have been many and if it if it if they were if there were more than that one they were pretty easy and not not a sweat um and so i think that's replicable i think we can almost count on alex for a a great if not spectacular save of a week and then a couple of easy ones and then the defense to do their job and not give up a lot of opportunities and and then you can look at our our possession and control the midfield and and pushing the ball forward and how we played that game against Charleston is how we've played several other games except for finishing and i think that all of that is replicable and shows that we are a talent wise, a top talent team. We've just needed to put it all together and to go on the road on the East coast and be able to put that type of performance gives me hope that we can build off of that. I wish it wasn't Phoenix that we're playing Saturday. Not that Phoenix necessarily scares me. Um, I, I think that Phoenix just has this, weird aura around them no matter who's playing them really whether that's right or wrong and i kind of wish it was just like okay if we were playing like oh i don't know rgv um just to throw a random name out there i'd feel a lot better but i still think we have the talent and capability of beating phoenix and continuing to build off this charleston win so, yeah, I, I double-checked while you were talking there. Alex did get credit with three saves on Saturday evening. And you brought up a, a ton of different points in there that I really had kind of written down to, to try to get to some of them tonight. Um, <clears throat> one of them being, and it was, so listening to the broadcast, it was Devin Kerr and Mike Watts, who I absolutely love listening to on the broadcast. They do a fantastic job. Super knowledgeable. I do. I would rather listen to Tyler, but yeah, but I do um, love listening to them. Yeah, no, they're they're one of the best broadcast duos in the USL. And one of the things that they mentioned during the broadcast was that if you look at the standings, you look at the results as to where they are now, You, if you had seen how we had been playing, you've been watching how we've been playing over the stretch of the season, you wouldn't necessarily think that we were in the spot where we're at. 
and I think that's 100% accurate. We've been talking about that every single week, mm-hmm. you know, how we're out-possessing, we're out-shooting, we're, we're out-playing teams for large portions of matches and just getting unlucky at times. And so this, to me, it, while it wasn't necessarily a, a dominating performance, it was definitely one where you could see all of the pieces come together. You could see the pace from Nico. You can see the the creativity of you know of Nava and Rivas and and Bees putting guys and, and Harry too. Oh my, Harry had some Harry, tremendous crosses. Harry's probably my player of the year so far. I mean, he's got he's not first in goals, but he's up there in goals. He's got assists. He didn't get credited for the he didn't get anything on paper for that Nico goal, but it was all Harry mm-hmm. that started that play. I mean, his speed to just blow by the Charleston midfielder. And it, I mean, it helped that Charleston's defense was, I, I don't know where they were necessarily, but they were not in the middle of the field. So they left speed, that, they left I, that back post wide open and Brucey had, Brucey had acres of space. Yeah. And so, but yeah, Harry doesn't, has Harry hasn't gotten anywhere near enough uh, credit for the play that he's put out so far this season and for the vision there. And then Brucey to square that ball back up and then, you know, Nico and being able to, to settle that ball and finish on the, on the half volley, like he did, like absolutely incredible run of play. And I have no idea what happened with Charleston's back line there, but you know, Harry and Brucey have just been tremendous. And then there are, there were a number of different things. Um, I want to ask you guys real quick, and Harry, we'll get to your comment here in a little bit about Phoenix um, and their ability and their and their and them being able to be beaten. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, did you guys listen to the, the presser from the last home match that that we put the audio out for? I did not. You did not. Okay. So Earl, did you listen to it? Seth, you, know, you know, if I didn't listen to it, Earl didn't listen to it. Guys, I try to get some like real good. I fi- we finally got like a real good answer out of Zach on something about. Look, look, look you to let us happen. know. I don't listen to it, but oh, I'm not I, expecting I, that, so I didn't listen to it. Are you so not subscribed? <laughs> are you not subscribed to the podcast feed? No, I am. No. I saw it. Okay. You okay? You oh, man. So I, look, I in that hold last on, presser, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. So I could barely get. Match notes, game notes, <laughs> let alone a decent subscription to a decent freaking podcast. Decent. Here I am. Oh, man. Here I am trying to be all professional and trying to do this right. And I, I get a real good answer out of Zach. I closed out the – go back and listen to it if you haven't already. I, I asked a question about what needs to happen with the midfield. And – improving the chances and how to, how United needs to clean up the play there. And one of the things that Zach said was we need to, you know, with Brucey and, and, and Harry coming down the wings, we, we've got to get more interplay through the midfield. Maybe it's doing something more like crossing runs. And that's something that when I was watching this match on Saturday, I can see these crossing runs and guys doing different things. And so I wrote down a couple of different, uh, a couple of different times here. One was, um, in the 17th minute, Sergio Rivas picked up the ball down the left channel and he cuts across the midfield. He's cutting across the midfield and B's like kind of goes back towards the left. You know, you can see him pulling guys, you know, pulling him out. And so, you know, um, I think that, I think that was the one, uh, let me make sure. No, that bid was, he's just making more of a uh, run into the middle of the box there. And so you can see B's running forward and Sergio cutting across the box and, it, Sergio's got all this space 
and he, he gets a good shot. Well, I say good shot. He gets a shot on target. Uh, it wasn't a, the highest quality shot, but you can see what they're trying to do. You can see the runs. And then there was another one in there too. Um, during that, during that first goal, you can see when, when Harry Swartz coming down the left cuts in towards the middle, Sergio takes the, the out route, basically going out towards the corner, mm-hmm. pulling the Charleston defend one or two Charleston defenders that way, making them back off of what Harry's doing before Harry crosses that ball. So you can see what Zach is trying to do. You can see tactically what United is doing and how it's creating space. And I think that that made a huge difference in, in this match here. You could see those runs have an, have a direct impact on the chances that were created and the opportunities that, that, that United had. Yeah, that's a good, a good, uh, good shout there, Seth, because I, I did notice that too. Um, and it, it kind of is what led to, to Weehan's goal, mm-hmm. uh, to an extent, um, a little bit there as well. Cause yeah, I mean, when bees gets that ball, so Kalen sends the ball over the top, Charleston grabs it. Bees gets the interception. And as bees is running forward, Sergio makes another run to the, to that outside mm. and you can see him drag the defender leaving bees on that inside run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same exact you know, there too. Yeah. Crossing run from Sergio open up that space. And so that, that is something that, that, uh, that was a, a good question by you, the professional. <laughs> I'm sorry for working 10 hours a day my last week with the city and then going on vacation on Friday and not having a chance to listen to it because I would have listened to it in the car, but we listened to Encanto for 16 hours. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's grown on me. Um, But, but no, that those are things that, that did make a big difference um, on Saturday. And, and I mean, Phoenix, one thing you can say about Phoenix is the back line is not the back line of, of yesteryear and uh, is very susceptible to giving up goals. Um, so as reference or as, as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Alluded as to evidenced by the five goals that Tampa Bay Rowdies put up against him over the weekend. And two of those were own goals. So <laughs> Phoenix has got some issues and we'll, and we'll get to that. Um, Earl, there was a question over in the chat for you. What's the sandwich? Yeah, I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you as a professional to, to stop talking. Um, and me as the non-professional to keep on eating. Um, so thank you for, for rambling on and allowing me to finish my McDouble with Big Mac sauce. McDouble. Okay. It's called, it's called I, vamping. I could, I could tell it was McDonald's. I just couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, it was a <laughs> McDouble with Big Mac sauce, no onions. You know, you could just say Thousand Island dressing. and That's not the same. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the exact same. <laughs> but okay. Um, but yeah, there were some really great moments in this match, and I wanted to pick out a couple of different things. Kalen Ryden coming back, obviously having him back full 90, like tremendous performance from him on Saturday night. Uh, you could see him, you know, tracking back, making some stops, making some recoveries, and then just getting the ball forward. Uh, Christian Nava. I just, just I, I cannot say enough about Christian Nava and the effort that he puts in, whether he's tracking back, whether he's going forward. There was one. Per- Go ahead. He has to put in that much effort because he's half the size of everybody yeah. else. So <laughs> if he didn't play with effort, he would not 
have any contributing factors. Yeah. Out of it. I find it amazing and that I he love ever gets Nava. a foul call he's against just, him. Well, no, because he's a toothpick out there, and yeah. the ref looks at it and goes, if you were a regular human being, being size, <laughs> you would not have fallen down. So I'm yeah. not going to call the foul. Yeah, or just the fouls he commits to. Like, I'm looking at him like, how? He's half oh, yeah. his size. Those are funny. Those yeah. are funny. When he when the the six five, two hundred twenty pound player goes to ground after getting nicked by Nava, yeah. and the ref's like, "Nope, you did it." <laughs> like Nava, Nava literally could like, or the the defender could literally do like the Big Brother thing with Nava, where he just holds his head out here, yeah, and can't be touched. And but but Nava breathing on him is going to make him fall. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, there was a moment right before halftime, you know, watching uh watching Nava. So Sergio Rivas starts off uh starts starts the little uh I think it's like the 43rd minute, I think it was. Sergio kind of uh kind of pops the ball up over the top and Christian Nava goes at the defender and he just breaks his ankle. Like you just see Nava yeah. like faint to the right or faint to the left and the defender goes and like he just breaks his ankle and like the Nava looks back to the looks back to the right and um, I mean, we didn't get a goal off of that. It was a great shot. It ended up being a great shot by Bees. Yeah. Uh, fortunate for Charleston that the defender was there to to save it off the line. But you know, Christian Nava is a kid that continues to impress, and I I have a hard time taking him out of my eighteen every week. I have a hard time taking him out of the eleven just because of the the, the sheer creativity that he brings to this lineup. I mean, do you see any way to to take him out at this point? Of the 11? Yeah. I think him and Bruce, while they play different positions, uh, somewhat anyways, sometimes, I mean, Nava's pretty versatile. Um, I, I don't know if I prefer him starting and Bruce coming off the bench and giving energy or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, he's, he's in the 18 for sure. Yeah. To me, he's just, he's someone that I would have a hard time leaving. Bite out. his face, um, Milo. Bite his face. <laughs> you know, just, just watching Christian, like it's just so much fun to watch him. And, you know, he makes some of these runs and then, you know, when there was one particular moment, I think it was in the second half, Harry got on the ball uh, deep in our own half after after a, after a steal, and you see just not you see Nava. The ball's kind of in space when he sees it, because Nava's tracking back, and then you see him turn and just tear up field, and Harry gets the ball to him, and <clears throat> Nava's got the pace to outrun a lot of guys. Now he doesn't yeah. have the size to to stand up to to some of the the challenges he's going to face. But he's going to outrun some guys. He's going to draw some fouls, and you, we've seen it. You know, to where he can, he draws the attention of other guys, and just his creativity and just his ability to cut, like, is going to make people just like go stupid at times. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he's he's been fantastic. We called for him getting more playing time uh, in the off season. Now with the signings that we had, we weren't sure if that was going to happen or not. But but no, I I think. Uh, I think him, him starting and, and getting a lot of minutes. No, I could not uh, avoid the distraction at the bottom of the screen. It was very distracting, and I, I didn't know what was going on. I was worried Earl was going to kiss Milo at one point, and and just thought I might need to remove him from the the feed so that we did not get 
um, labeled by YouTube as bestiality, but um, you sound jealous. <laughs> no, you're the one that was jealous. My dog jumped into my lap for two seconds, and you were like, "Oh, I got to show off Milo. I got to, I got to one up Jacob." <laughs> so whose dog is better, your dog or my dog? Oh, your dog. But that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, you had to show it off. Anyways, um, um, yeah, I've got I've got two more. Well, really, three more points I want to hit on this match before we move on to Phoenix. First, um, oh, congratulations to, to Nico Brett. Uh, moves into t- to a tie for fifth all-time regular season scoring uh, with the goal that he picked up on Saturday night. He also moved into a tie seventh all-time with Daniel Bruce. Uh, in all competitions for the club. So congratulations to Nico Brett. Uh, there's a couple more guys ahead of him that are no longer playing, so there's a very real chance that he could uh, still be in contention for a golden boot this year. Also, we mm-hmm. could see him climb up the ranks a little bit more, both within the club and the USL. So great to see that. Great to see United back scoring. Um, there was a comment I wanted to ask you guys. Well, there's two comments I want to touch on. One, around the 11th to 12th minute, the, the broadcast made a comment saying the United has had a moving target in goal, basically because we haven't had a we haven't had one goalkeeper all season. Now, I kind of had a problem with this statement that was made because you know Alex Tambakis was hurt. It's not a moving target. It's not the fact that we've had inconsistency in, in goal play. It's the fact that we've used three different keepers. And so I kind of had, took exception to this comment. What did you guys think about that? Did you think it was fair compared to some other clubs like Charleston who are having issues you know, with goals being conceded um, and trying out different things? Or do you think this is a fair statement from the broadcast crew? Well, no, it's, I mean, it's not a fair statement, but I, I heard it and scoffed and then it, I forgot about it because for, for Devin Kerr and Mike Watts being, two of the best color guys in U.S. soccer, uh, they do so much soccer that there's there's just no way that they can keep up with every storyline from every team that they, that they broadcast for. And so I just kind of took it as, nah, they know that we use three keepers. They don't, maybe they don't know why. Uh, maybe they knew Alex was hurt, but still we're just kind of, I don't know. So I just kind of brushed it off and and said, yeah, that's what happens when when you guys get 35, 37, 39, 50 different teams that you guys are commenting on for throughout throughout a season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just brushed it off. Earl, what what did you what was your take on that? Did you did it ruffle your feathers any, or were you in the same boat as Jacob? So I can honestly say I didn't even hear it, so it didn't it didn't ruffle my feathers at all. Okay, well maybe it was just me then, but yeah, and like you said, they they are among the best in in U.S. soccer in terms of the, you know the commentating and the amount of work that they do, and so I just kind of it just kind of bothered me to hear that. I'm like, well, it's it's not really like it's not that we have we're having issues. Like we're still one of the best teams in all of the USL in terms of you know chances allowed goals allowed you know clean sheets were you know um let me make sure i've got this pulled up here side note while you're doing that yeah the tnt app is freaking trash i cannot stand it (laughs) okay um i I have the avalanche game on i look over something happens 
I'm like, oh, cool. They called a penalty on, on St. Louis. Awesome. I turn back. I talked to you guys for a little bit. I turn back. Same exact play. Oh, they called a penalty on St. Louis. And then I'm like, what? What just happened? It just jumped back five minutes for no freaking reason. What's oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. It was just like, hey, we're going to rewind five minutes and just confuse the hell out of everybody. Yeah. I got your answer for that. For it's what? It's called for your TNT app that lags. Mm-hmm. It's called Bally Sports. Fuck Bally. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. How does that help me? <laughs> because it doesn't lag and it's watched live. And where do I find this? I don't. I don't like the the Google. second round. The second round hockey games are only on TNT. Period. There's no local broadcast. No other broadcast. It is just TNT. Oh, you're so mistaken. Go to Bally Sports. <laughs> Go to Google. Type in Bally Sports. Right now? Are you watching yes. it right now? I am watching it right now on Bally Sports. All right. So while while, while Jacob and Earl are figuring out Bally Sports, um, yeah, United is tied with San Antonio for the fewest goals conceded this season. We've played nine matches. We've got seven goals conceded. We're all, we've also got three clean sheets in nine matches. And so, you know, we've been defensively one of the best clubs in the USL this year. And so I think it's just – it's hard to – to compare the what we've had happen with the injury to to Alex Simbakis and what other clubs have gone through, and so I just kind of wanted to touch on that and get you, get your reactions to that comment there, because um, I didn't I just didn't feel like it was an accurate representation of where we've been at this season. And then uh, the other one, and this is the big one, is B's back. No. Is he performing better than he was? Yes. Is he back? Mm, I'm not quite ready to say that. Not yet. Okay. All right. So I, I felt like we were, I kind of felt like we were on the same page with this. Like we've, we've talked about bees. We've talked about how much attention he's been getting, you know, from, from media, uh, locally and, and nationally around surrounding the USL. And we can all say that Bees has performed better as the season has gone on. And we've seen how with these crossing runs, with the different things that Zach Prince is trying to do, especially through the midfield, how it's improve how it's improving Bees's play, how he how he's getting more involved. Um and we saw him we saw him pick up the goal. We've seen him being We've seen him making more and more runs, either you know across the f- across the field or up the field, pushing the pace of play. And so, like you guys, I feel like he's he's improved. I feel like his performances are getting better every week. But I don't think he's I don't think he's a hundred percent to where people have expected him to be. I don't I don't think I would say that. I, I don't think I would say he's improved every week. I feel like the first seven matches were pretty much the same and i was disappointed in him in all of them mm-hmm. um this one was by far i think his best match um and i'm not just saying that because he got a goal i'm saying that because i think he just performed better overall his what has baffled me about bees is that his first touches especially have been absolutely atrocious all season 
just so heavy and not having any control of the ball. And and so seeing those first touches be under control and not a turnover guaranteed, basically um, seeing the goal, uh, you know, if you're a goal scorer and you've been struggling, finding the back of the net uh, is a very, very good way to uh, to break out of a slump. So, so I, I I think he is definitely ascending in the right direction. But um, if your definition of back is what we saw from him last year, he's a long, long, long way from that. Yeah, and you know, um, I don't know. I think about it, and <clears throat> I know that you have had issues with how he's performed every every week. Um, you know, I look at it uh, in terms of he's been getting more involved. He's creating more opportunities. He's been driving the ball forward more. So while it's been statistically an improvement, not necessarily, um, but you can see the transition into, into how Zach's system is now like working or how he's how he's trying to how he's trying to fit everyone into that system, and so you can see bees making strides there. And you know, I definitely don't want to say that. Um, yeah, I mean, Saturday was his best performance. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to say that there haven't been issues. Like obviously, the heavy touches have been there, um, and that's always something that, that's that's looked better in recent weeks. But I think that's kind of something that all the guys have dealt with at some point. Um, this week or throughout the season, I should say. I don't know, man. He, he, I can probably count on one hand, the first touches that were up to his standard in the first seven or eight games. Mm -hmm. David, if you're in the chat, I do have a question for you um, in regards to how the club selects the, the man of the match. Um, I would be curious to know if that's, because I know, I think Charleston has an app that fans can go on and vote. Um, is there is there is there a way that the fan like is there a way that the fans are having input on this, or is it just solely a, a decision up in the box? I'm curious as that as to how we do it. So if you're in the chat, I would love to know an answer to that. Because um, I know that you know in, in my article on my recap Saturday, I put that Alex Tambakas was my man of the match. I mean, you could have gone a number of different ways. I know the club had bees as the man of the match on Saturday. Um, who is your who is your man of the match, Earl? Um, I mean, you can look at quite a few um but i know what jacob looking at is a 2-2 game right now um, <laughs> i would <clears throat> and you guys can call me crazy but i'm gonna put nava as probably my man of the match i mean he was all over the pitch constantly winning one-on-one -on -one battles constantly attacking the ball defensively and shit he almost scored mm-hmm he is so close to, to getting his first goal, and I, I really hope it happens at the lab and just everyone goes nuts over that. Like I, He's so close. Yeah, he is. I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, but it, it's coming. It's coming for sure. If it's, if it's Saturday against Phoenix, the, the stadium will not be left standing no. after, after it's over. So um, mine was Harry. Yeah. Um, Mine's probably going to be Harry until he doesn't play. Uh, <laughs> he's just been so damn good and so damn impactful on both sides of the ball, you know, playing that, that wing role where he's, he's just asked to do so much on both sides 
And for him to be able to do that match in and match out and contribute like he has with the goals, the assists, the hockey assists, um, the defense, everything. Um, if it's not for Harry being on that side at that moment in the fifth minute, you know, we don't, we might not score that first goal and then who knows what happens after that. So, um, Harry for me, but it was such a good team performance that Nav is a good answer. We hands a good answer. Tim box is a good answer. Ryden would have been a good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Nico would have been a good answer. Uh, I mean, you, you could go a bunch of different ways. Um, and so, so that all good answers, but mine would be Harry. So David's uh, answer to my question from a few minutes ago, a few of us consult on it plans to include fans in the future. All right, there you go. Um, yeah. I mean, you could have gone so many different ways with that. And so I, mean, I, I don't take issue with any of these guys being named man of the match, to be honest with you. Um, and, and because you look at it and you look at how guys perform and, Earl, you mentioned Christian Nava. I'm looking at Christian's stats. One shot on target, two chances created, uh, 71.4% passing completion, uh, five tackles, two clearances. I mean, Nava was freaking everywhere on Saturday night. And so you know, when you have that many guys who are performing that well and putting having that big of an impact on the match, like you would expect to walk away with three points more often than not. And so uh, looking ahead to Saturday, you know, it's going to take a number of standout performances again. Uh, obviously Phoenix rising coming into town uh, for the, for the first time this season, this is the third match against them this year. Rising of course, coming off of a five, one defeat at the hands of Tampa Bay. Uh, and I went back and watched this game and man, Tampa just, took it to them. And I, and I know Phoenix had two own goals in there, but still, I mean, Phoenix came out, they picked up a goal uh, from Sejas. Sejas is a tremendous player, but you know, Rowdy's obviously you know, one of the best teams in the Eastern conference over the past several years, came back and threw three on them before half and then two own goals uh, from Phoenix in the second half. When I first saw this score, like, cause I didn't watch the match live. I saw that there was a red card. I thought, okay, well, you know, red card, you know, Tampa Bay is a pretty good club, you know, Maybe they scored some of those goals, you know, after the red card. Nope. Every single one of them came before the red card. <laughs> and so I just, I looked at this. Yeah. David Carl Ryden and Seymour were great too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Jacob brought up Caleb, Caleb Ryden. Seymour did fantastic. I mean, it's just, it's hard to to leave anybody out of that. Um, but, you know, looking at Phoenix, we've talked about Phoenix a couple times. This is not, and we kind of got a little bit of stick for it a little bit um, when a, a few weeks ago when I when I made it, I put out a tweet saying you know uh, one nil victory hard fought victory against, or loss against one of the best clubs in the West for saying that you know we tried to pump them up to make us feel better and blah blah, blah. I said well we've always thought that Phoenix is one of the best in the West now that still doesn't take away from the fact that we don't know what's going on with Phoenix this year I did either of you have a chance to watch the match against. Uh, between Phoenix Rising and, and Tampa Bay over the weekend, and if you did, what were your what were your thoughts on it? I uh, I forgot all about it, and by the time I tuned in, it was already three nil. Um, so I didn't continue watching it, and I I probably could have gone back and watched it, but I did not. Um, just Phoenix as a whole, because I have watched other matches of theirs, um, and, including the two that we've played them, and and they do not look like the normal team that 
the normal Phoenix that we would consider. But um, it, it comes down to that back line just being absolutely a disaster at times. Mm-hmm. They can put together 90 minutes like they did against us a couple times, even though I feel like the first the first time we played them when when um, oh, what's their keeper's name? Lund, Lund, Lund yeah, uh, had the match of his life. Um, he their defense was a sieve in that game too. We just couldn't finish. So yeah, so that back line is is definitely something that they would need to address if they want to get up there and and have a chance at USL Cup. Like I know they would like to. Earl, did you get can a we, chance to Can watch we it? talk can, real quick? Hey, <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the weekend that Phoenix sports fans had <laughs> sure, and how fantastic not? it was on Twitter? <laughs> I'm I actually really like Devin Booker and I like Chris Paul uh that played for the Phoenix Suns. And and so I I didn't really care if they won or lost uh game seven. Uh but but to lose it the way they did, and then for Phoenix to get their ass kicked the way they did, uh, to see Vagina Blaster crying on Twitter. And actually, he he had some tweets that I was like, ha sucker. But he owned up to all of it, which I thought was very cool of him. But uh, but yeah, the the Phoenix, Phoenix sports fans had a, a rough 24 hours Saturday and Sunday night. And I, for one, loved it. Yeah, that they did. Um, I saw quite a bit of the fallout over on Twitter. I didn't engage. I said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to let them have their, their moment of downfall here. Uh, and I saw that there was quite a bit of negativity towards Rick Schatz after his post-match comments. Oh, he was a well. dick, dude. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, I you know I know that we struggle sometimes getting answers out of guy out of you know Troy and Zach and but man I they those guys have, would have never responded the way that Rick Shantz did over the weekend and so uh, I know some folks were taking a lot of exception to that and so Earl did you watch that match did you see anything I'm guessing nope okay. <laughs> Earl, we are running a professional show here. We're trying to, you know, we're, we're trying to do things right. So you got to, you got to research. I was, I was doing research actually. Okay. Um, maybe the on the Arizona board. Diamondbacks. Exactly, <laughs> because I was carrying on with Jacob's comment about <laughs> Phoenix teams having probably the worst weekend of their life. Um, on Sunday, the Arizona Diamondbacks lost to. These Chicago Cubs, three to two. Now that's why it's the Cubs. That's why we're doing this. They also lost to the Padres, seven to three, on the same day. Mm-hmm. On Saturday, they lost to the Cubs again, four to two. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that. Hold on. There's no way they played the two teams on the same day. Yeah. Doubleheader. Interesting. I will believe you because I don't think you're that dumb, but I'm very <laughs> curious about it. Um, all right. So Earl didn't watch it, but yeah, you're watching Phoenix this year to me. And again, Phoenix is extremely talented. I'm not going to take that away from them. I can't say that at all. I mean, I, you know, they've been 
one of the best clubs in the West uh, since, you know, since inception. And I mean, they're still sitting fourth. They're only six points back to Colorado Springs. Colorado does, of course, still have a match in hand, but Phoenix isn't the Phoenix that we've known. And like you said, we've talked about it, it starts at the back. They, from what I've watched of them this season, they've, they've struggled with pace. They've struggled with their spacing on the back and they're just giving up a lot more opportunities than, than what we've seen from them. And, and as high powered as their attack is, they just, they, they don't have an answer. Uh, I mean, obviously you're not going to come back and score six goals, you know, five goals every single, every single week to, to beat somebody. But I just can't figure out what their issue is. And we saw how United took advantage of that in the first two matchups between the two sides this year. And like you said, if it wasn't for, for Lund just standing on his head in one of them, you know, United could have walked away with a three nil win. And so I look at this matchup on Saturday back at the lab. I imagine we're going to see 12,000 plus again on Saturday. I think it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think it's going to be really tough for Phoenix to come in and pick up a point, let alone three points here on Saturday. And I just, I, I can't figure out what it is about Phoenix. It's just not clicking. And so I, again, I don't want to take anything away from them because talent wise, they have the ability to beat anybody in the league. But whatever Rick Schatz is doing, whatever that back line is doing, just isn't working for them. And so, yeah, I just, you know, I, I feel like it's something, again, that United's going to be able to take advantage of. Throw, throw Nico, throw Preston out there, get the pace up top, put Sergio, I think maybe, you know, Preston and, and Nico up top, put Sergio right behind him as a cam, and then, you know, just have opportunities to run at Phoenix and pull the defenders out, spread them out, get the guys in some space, and you're going to see what you saw against Charleston. Yeah, I think that, that honestly, the same lineup that we had against Charleston, uh, except for I would switch Rivas and and Preston. I'd bring Rivas in off the bench um, to start. Their, their pace up top with Preston and Nico and then having Nava in there to run Nava and Weehan kind of running those little diagonal runs that we talked about and stuff like that. Um, I think that could, that could eat that back line alive. Um, I still have a, a healthier respect for Phoenix as far as Saturday is concerned. And part of that's Phoenix. Part of that is we saw it for one game from us, but I, I want to see it again uh, a couple more times before I I uh, am fully saying that that Charleston game is who we actually are. Mm -hmm. And so if we can if we can jump on them early, uh, the the game that comes to mind is is uh, 2019 at home. Uh, we jumped up on them two nothing. If that happens again, I don't. We don't let them back in. I think our defense is much better than 2019, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, and I, and as you mentioned earlier, I think our defense is one of the best defenses in the league, um, even with all the injuries that we've dealt with. And so you bring Ryden back in there, and and it's going to be a different kind of game um, as far as on the, on our defensive side of the the pitch. And so, um, if we can jump on them early. 
like Harry said earlier in the chat, uh, we will beat them. Uh, I do believe it's just a matter of of if we can can get that goal. Can we if yeah. we can finish that that chance or the chances that we have and and go from there. Earl, what's your take on this weekend? After seeing the two previous matches against Phoenix Rising, what do you think is our greatest strength against them? I would have to say our greatest strength would probably be attacking, um, just because of how rollercoastery the Phoenix backline is. Um, but the match can go either which way. I mean, option A is we take it to them like we know we can, um, and we continue form from Charleston and continue run of play or option B is Phoenix is pissed and they come and they hand it to us. Yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. Like they've, they're among the worst in the league right now and goals conceded. Uh, and yes, they've had one of the best goal differentials over the past several years. Uh, I believe it was mentioned on the broadcast on Saturday that heading into the weekend, Phoenix Rising had a, had a goal differential of like plus 62 um, over the past, uh, I think, year or so. Um, I don't remember the exact stat, but it was exact, the exact time frame, but it was a, a goal, differential, goal differential of plus 62. Um, you know, like right now they are, they've only got a, a goal differential of plus two. So, I mean, they're... I don't know. They just, I just don't think they have it. I mean, I I think for us, the key is going to be defensively. Can we hold them to one goal or fewer? Now, if they, if they go out and they score two or three goals, I don't think we pick up the points, but if, if our defense stands up like it did in the first two outings, then we're in a very good position to pick up three points on Saturday. It, this match goes one of two ways for me. It is it is either a 1-1-1-0 loss or nil nil one one nil loss nil nil draw or one one draw because it's going to be a tight defensive struggle on their side of attacking and then we're just not going to be able to finish. It's either going to be a carbon copy of the Ben Lunt Lunt game or we're going to kick their ass. (laughs) I I don't see Phoenix taking it to us on the goals department. I just think our defense is too good and their offense has has been better than their defense. It still has not been the Phoenix offense featuring Solomon Asante and Rufat Dadashov and uh Santi Moar and yada 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 yada. Mm-hmm. It, it just hasn't been that offense uh this year. So they might get two on us if they get a stupid penalty or something like that. But but if we score two, we're winning. I, I feel fairly confident in saying that. All right. Uh so who is your player to watch from uh Phoenix this weekend? I would say Santi. Santi, okay. What what stands out about Santi and his play this year that he's a guy that you want to key in on? Not necessarily his play because he hasn't really been like highlighty as he was in years past. 
Um, just the fact that it's his return to Albuquerque um, and his chance to play against the fans that made him who he is today. I mean, you think about it, Santi Moore was no one before he came to New Mexico. and oh, then he, he was a rookie of the year before he came to New Mexico. He had but, a very good career over in the Eastern Conference. Well, no, he had a very good year. Oh, yeah. And then his next year was not nearly as good. So yeah. he, we definitely built him back up to his rookie of the year standard, but, but yeah, he, he has, he, uh, to me, he has New Mexico to thank for his move to Phoenix and the subsequent success he has had since that first year in New Mexico. My point. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so I think his return to Albuquerque and just how the fans, take him in i mean if he if he gets booed off of the pitch he's gonna have a point to prove and that's not good for us um if he's embraced by fans as i expect them to possibly do i don't know maybe very curious to see what happens when he when he shows up there um Um, so so like i was saying though if he's embraced i think he Let's the let's the embracing go get to him, and then he just has somewhat of an off night. So he is my player to watch, just because it can go two routes for him. I mean, he can get booed and shut the fans up, or he can get love and shut himself up. Jacob, who's yours? Um. Don't say Quinn. I, no, I won't. I I want to say Santi because Santi was who I was going to say uh, before Earl said it. So I, I will I will say that I agree with almost everything Earl said. I don't know how much the fans are actually going to affect how he plays, but uh, to see if his emotions get to him while he's playing here, um, uh, and and for him to have the first chance to play in New Mexico since joining Phoenix, uh, you know, with COVID and everything that happened, um, it'll be the first time that we actually get to see him play here. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm very curious to see how the fans, uh, welcome him. Um, if he gets a Yuma treatment and gets booed every time he touches the ball or, or if they announce starting lineups and he gets a cheer, um, he, he he's damn it, Carl. David just stole my one who I was going to move to after Earl. <laughs> um, but but with Santi though, one thing that Earl did not mention that that I would like to mention is that uh, he has scored a lot of goals here. But we have played him tough in Phoenix the one time that he has scored. He did score. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. But um. I think we play him pretty tough. And I think, uh, I don't think there's, oh, so yeah, Yearwood and Tete, um, who played with him in 2019. And I hope one of them starts because I think both of them are capable of shutting him down, uh, single handedly, basically on that side. And so I'm, I'm curious to see if, if we're able to, to slow him down and, and then how he takes the crowd. And so since Earl already mentioned that, and David mentioned Loon, who I was going to mention, uh, because 
the last game we had, he stood on his head. He's had a very uh, good outing every time we've played him. Um, and so if he's, you know, prime Tim Howard, David Loon, or not David Loon, what's his first name? Ben. Ben. Ben Loon. <laughs> um, then, then it's going to be a problem. Uh, if he's just uh, Cincinnati cast off Ben Loon, then, um, then I think we'll be okay. Uh, so since both of those were taken, uh, I'll throw Harry a bone and say Marcus Epps uh, because he has been one of their better attacking presences. I, for one, have never been impressed with him. I think Harry mentioned uh, that he wasn't really impressed with him uh, a lot of the times with, with San Antonio. So, uh, But he, he has that kind of lightning in a bottle type of energy that can can change a game really quickly. So I'll mention him. Uh, I, I went back and forth on mine. I think between Luis Sejas and Greg Hurst. Now I'm not afraid of Greg Hurst. I don't think he's necessarily the best player on their roster. He just happens to be in the right place at the right time. And he finishes. And, he yeah. And he finds finishes. The the yeah. He just, you know, he's a guy that I think if you can keep him from, from those optimal positions, then he's not going to be as big of a threat um and so yeah he's just a guy that that i think needs to be removed from the equation so to speak um you know not allowing him to get into into space or you know be unmarked you know there you know right by the goal uh i think that goes a long way um <clears throat> to, to slowing him down and to taking him out of the out of the out of the equation uh as far as an attacking piece and so i mean like i said he's a guy that's he, he's constantly in the right position uh, and, and so if we can, you know, work on that and, you know, Kalen back, we got, you know, uh, Alex Tambakis back, you know, we're going to have, I think our, we're better now at the back than we were three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever it was, we played them, uh, the two times. And so, um, I, I think that's the key right there, eliminate him. And I think it's a much better night for United. So, um, Sejas is an interesting name there. We've mm-hmm. seen um, him with several distance bangers uh, from either right at the top of the 18 or outside of the 18. Uh, that is something that I think we can be susceptible to at times. Um, so I think if you see him uh, with the ball at the top of the box, we need people crashing in on him, which mm-hmm. could open up space for guys like Hurst. Um it, it's just a matter of if we close out properly and don't give up a passing lane there or a shooting lane. So um, he's he's a guy that if, if he's in the lineup, um, I'd, I'd keep an eye out on him for sure. That's a good pull. So All right. be, before you go to predictions, David, mm-hmm. if you're still with us, can you... David doesn't do predictions. Ask... No, I'm not asking for a prediction. Okay. <laughs> I'm not asking for a prediction. Pain. I'm asking if David can tell me if those injury report people from May 5th or May 11th, like Aiden Quinn, Musa, Lambert, um, Chastening, or all those all those fun people, um, are they still on injured? Do you know or we'll probably we find out on we uh, probably won't know till Friday. Friday. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to base my my prediction off of that. Okay. No, you don't get that. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll, we'll give David a, a minute to see if he responds to that. Um, yeah, I, I don't think David will get that until later in the week, um, just because the, you know you don't want to give that information out too far ahead of time, uh, give teams uh, more opportunities to prepare. 
Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll start with mine. Uh, looking at the way United's play, I feel like we've, we've played solidly through every match this season. Um, we haven't quite been there finishing. I feel like we're, we're, we're looking better. We're doing better. Uh, I feel like Phoenix is beat is very beatable this year. Uh, you know, like Harry said, if you get an early goal, uh, you kind of get the advantage on them. And so I think, uh, <laughs> that's what I figured right there. Phoenix would never give us injury info early. Um, I think two one United on Saturday. So Earl's going to contemplate this for a second. Jacob, do you have a final uh, prediction? Uh, I'll say two nil. Two nil. Okay. I think I think All our right. defense. I think our defense is is uh, much better with Ryden in there, um, and and after the performance that we saw against Charleston. Uh, I'll go with that. And I'm going to go for a shootout, and it's going to be, you heard it here first, USL fan heads. Um, fan heads, huh? I said fan heads, not fat heads. <laughs> um, it's going to be a match of the year contender, and I'm calling it 3-2 United. 3-2 United, okay. With the final goal coming in like late 90th minute. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. There are our predictions for this week. We're all positive. We're all feeling good going into this week. So hopefully United can pick up three points at, back at the lab on New Mexico night. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I, I imagine this is going to be over 12,000 in attendance as well. Uh, would love to see some folks back out at the lab, obviously supporting the club. Uh, so if you don't have your tickets already, get out there. I, I imagine they're going pretty quick. Uh, we've been hearing some early numbers uh, before the matches. So um, yeah, great, op- great opportunity to get out there, spend the night watching some football and uh, hope to see you guys out there. Uh, with that. And you can get a tattoo. Yes. Yes. You can get a tattoo. Uh, well, you, you can't now, unless you already signed up for one. <laughs> Very true. There we go. See, I didn't do that. I swear. I don't have the power to do that. So he eliminated himself. Well, oh, there he is. So apparently the side button on my mouse <laughs> knocks me out. Of the... I had no idea. Um, David Carl with a prediction. Paid. That's what I figured. So, all right, folks, there you have it. Jacob, get us out of here for tonight. <clears throat> David, Harry, um, thank you for, for coming in the chat. And, and we appreciate you guys always popping in there and being being consistent there uh it's late for harry right now since he lives on central time so i I think he bowed out a little early like he usually does but but i appreciate him nonetheless and finally getting to talk about three points felt great getting to talk about three points against phoenix at home uh would be doubly great so hopefully you can catch us next tuesday at nine o'clock as we get to do that exact same or exact thing that I just mentioned. And until then, Somos Minos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity. Go Blues!